This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. everyone welcome back and happy wednesday oh god sorry i'm still learning how to talk right now so thank you to everyone who sent me all of the kind messages and i'm calling you barbara for the one who i got a nasty comment from who was like oh no adam we don't need to know about what you're doing in your personal life guys it's okay i share everything with the community it's fine i love the community the community because they're like family so that's why i share everything and if you don't understand then i completely understand it's like bethany frankel said and i don't want to quote bethany frankel but i can explain it to you but i can't understand it for you now with that guys we're gonna welcome ricky cornish from out magazine and he has i thought it was a nickelodeon hat but i'm all for it he is debuting a new look and we're about to talk about the real housewives of salt lake city again Give me some time to get adjusted here, but I love you guys. Smash that like button, show some love, and let's welcome Ricky. Hello. <laughs> I can't with you. Making it look like Ricky's got a new look. Like, what does he got, girl? She's wearing a sweatshirt. And <laughs> she's really giving lazy hump day vibes. That's really the vibe today. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I'm all about it. I, anytime, you know, it's so funny. Like, sometimes when Jason and I come on and do lives, Jason's like, I'm wearing a hoodie. And I'm like... I don't, I, I think it's because I'm just like, I'm obsessed with my husband that I'm like, I, I don't care if you are, you look great no matter what you wear. So it's with anybody who comes on. I don't care if you come in and like, you, you want to wear like one of those like sheets that you make yourself look like a ghost for Halloween, wear it, just own it and do the damn thing. Period. Oh my God. Speaking of that, I mean, Halloween is coming up in a few weeks. We're going to have to do something fun. Maybe we should try and like figure out a little, a little outfit, you know, housewives moment that we could put together. I don't know. Something maybe. I'm going to a really big Halloween party and I need help. So maybe I might, um, I might message you about this. Definitely do. My boyfriend and I were doing um, Mario and Luigi. Like how cute, right? Like easy. Stuff. Really? Yeah. Plus, and also like costumes like that are so easy, especially because like, well, that's easy any year, but I think like the Super Mario movie came out earlier this year. So, you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of Mario hats and Luigi hats out there. So Simple. can I just copy you? A hundred percent. You and your husband would look so cute, actually, in those outfits. Mario and Luigi. I think Jason would look more like a, that bitch is like a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jason's like watching and he's like, um, fuck you, Adam. He's like, why are they talking about me like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Okay, Ricky, I have to ask you, did you watch last night's episode? Of course, of course. Salt Lake City this season is on fire. Every episode I am living. Okay, if you had to rate it 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, what are you giving it? Ooh, I would probably give it like, 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. The first half was kind of boring just because it was like, you know, them talking with their kids. There's a lot of kids scenes this episode. But once it got to the end, I thought they kind of set up the whole Angie moment really well. So I'd probably give it like a seven, you know, seven or eight. You know what's so funny is Angie K, I tag everybody, all of the castmates in um, what I'm doing and when I post and Angie said that she would be watching and I didn't, I didn't know what to say because I have to just, I'm going to give her a little bit of grace and then I also have to roast her a little bit. So I was like, I'll see you at BravoCon. That was my only answer. Like, I'm like, see you at BravoCon. That's it. I honestly am really enjoying Angie this season. I know like, you know, she was a friend last season and now she's a full-timer, but I think she's doing it well. I mean, listen, she's going head to head with Meredith. Now her husband's being thrown into it, which, you know, we've seen this trope happen a lot with these housewives across cities. So I think she's doing a good job. Plus I also loved her outfit on Watch What Happens Live last night. Like, I don't know why. I just thought that was really, really cute. Well, what did you think? I mean, obviously, you know, what's so funny is like, I love Meredith Marks only because I've met her a few times, not only because of this. I mean, her on the show, I like the fact that she does not engage in a lot of the drama until she's pushed. And she even said like, somebody might've possessed me in Palm Springs. (laughs) But I love when we get a good moment of like this episode where she's catching Seth up on what's going on. And we know that you, we know you definitely already told Seth about what happened, like probably the night of, but it's okay. We're listening to it. We understand it. And it's like, Angie showed up uninvited. The trip was a shit show. You know, Lisa lost her $60,000 ring. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but I was I was entertained by it. Like, I think it's nice that Meredith and Seth have gotten to a really good place in their relationship. Like, that's really nice to see, given, you know, how rocky it was in the very beginning. So seeing how well it is now, I think Seth is kind of fun, honestly. I think he's a bit of a character in himself. So I'm always kind of interested to see what he has to say. But yeah, I thought it was a good way to kind of kick off the episode, like recapping what just happened, but also like jumping right into the everyday drama. Okay, I wanted to ask you, because Lisa and Meredith meet up for facials, right? And it kind of seems still so awkward. Like you can tell that these two women still don't trust each other. But Lisa shared her tanning story. And I was like, I have a tanning story of my own. Have you ever been to a tanning bed? No. So I'm lucky enough that I have some nice, you know, Italian skin. And I've been tanning ever since I was a kid. My mom is really dark because she's tanned her whole life so i've never been to like a tanning salon or booth or anything i just i just sit out in the sun and that's it really Mm -hmm. literally that's it okay we know you get the eyebrows done though i don't i do them myself really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. guys i just got mine done and it was like a nightmare i always cry like the the women are always like you're such a little bitch and i'm like i'm so sorry no i'm right there with you so when i was in like high school i had like a unibrow forming because i'm italian so i'm a hairy guy so I had like a unibrow forming. And so my parents were like, oh, like, we got to do something about this. So I would get mine waxed. And that was painful. I was like, oh, this is not right. But then when I would go to high school or, you know, back to school, the kids would be like, Ricky, like, what's up with your eyebrows? You must be getting them done. And at first I was like, yeah, I am. Like, what's the tea? And but then I told my parents about it. I was like, oh, Mike, my, my, you know, people are asking me if I get my eyebrows done. And they were like, don't say you're getting your eyebrows down. I'm like, why? They're gonna like, well, they think you're weird. And like, that's not a normal thing to do. And I'm like, but y'all made me get them done. Like, so it was just like the whole thing. Um, so I ended up stop getting them done, mainly because they were so painful. But now I just do it myself. I just take some tweezers and I just pluck here and there. And that's about it. Oh, no, there's no freaking way. <laughs> well, they were getting their facials done. And Lisa Barlow was talking about how the machine is so rude. And then she shared a story of how she went and it was the last 30 minutes before the um, tanning salon ended up closing. And when she was talking about this, I was like, oh, my God, I also got 
exiled from a tanning salon. And I, I'll tell you why. I'll give you the tea on this. I was 21 years old. Mind you guys, I'm 30 now. So it was nine years ago. And I went and when I was tanning, I moved my knee and I bended it up. So when I did, my knee went through the acrylic and I broke the top half of the acrylic. And then I came out and I was tan. I, it looked great, but I said, hi. So I'm so sorry. Um, I think I broke the bed and they're like the girl, she was 24 and she owned the salon. Oh and God. she was like, what do you mean broke the bed? And I was like, well, I moved my knee up and she's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm so sorry. And she's like, okay, so now are you going to pay for it? And I was like, I don't have any money, but if you want me to be on a payment plan, I can totally pay for it. I don't know. And she was like, just get out. Don't ever come back. Get out. You are no longer welcome here. And I was like, this is the only place that I go to tan. So <laughs> I'm out. But I did leave and I did offer to pay. She was just like, no, I have no time for you. You're an asshole and you're out. Okay, to be honest with you, I feel like you actually got really lucky because I feel like there would be a lot of business owners out there that would literally like drop draft up a payment plan and like make you sign your life away to it, honestly. So the fact that she just threw you out, I think you actually got pretty lucky, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I still needed a place to go tan. You're like, but I still need a tan, girl. Yeah, I'm like, can I just pay? And she's <laughs> like, no, I don't want your ass in here ever, ever again. Do you like burn naturally? Like if you're in the sun, like do you have to go to like tanning booths and stuff? No. Is it um, melanin? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, my skin is like really, really dark. And yeah. if I go out and tan, I usually don't even get red. I just get really, really brown. Right. Actually, I went on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. And I knew that I was flying out to LA. I was only flying out to LA, I think, for like two days. And I sat by the pool for two of those days um, before. And when I did, I went and I got so dark that I had so many comments that were like really upset with me for how tan I was. Wow. And I was like, guys, I'm not like, I'm not putting on makeup. I'm just tan. This is, this is my skin because I sat out in the sun. That's it. Like I didn't do anything. There's no big discovery here. No, it's so true. Cause I feel like I've known you for a few months now and I mainly known you over the summer. And I was going to say, you're like pretty dark every time I see you. Like you always got a nice glow going on. So that's good. Cause most people, you know, burn when they're in the sun for too long. They don't just tan naturally. So you're lucky that you're able to like absorb it so well, you know? Hey, thank you. No, I was actually, before we get back into all of the Salt Lake City mess, I was supposed to tan today because, and not in a bed, not in a bed guys. Okay. Um, Today, yesterday was the only good day for sun. And then today was supposed to be a good day and it, it turned to shit. But yesterday I was in a dentist office for eight hours. So I was like, oh my God, I'm not getting any sun. So now when I fly in tomorrow, um, when I get to where I'm going, I said to my friend, I said, let's go to the beach and just sit out in like the sun and like absorb some stuff. And she was like, Adam, that's only three hours. I'm like, girl, three hours is all I need. Plenty. Yes. Yeah. Three hours is great. Yeah, especially when you're in like the peak time, like girl, you're gonna look nice and nice and golden by the time you leave. Nice and golden. All right. So I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts about Whitney getting a cake for her husband and him now having a non-compete, um, I guess completely thrown out, and now he gets to get a job again? Yes. Well, I know, I know I understand that they didn't disclose what his job is for privacy purposes, but I am kind of curious what job he got, honestly. Like, I kind of stand the company because I'm sure whatever company hired him was probably aware that he was on this show. 
um, you know, with Whitney. And I would like to think they probably knew that he got fired for, you know, his behavior a couple seasons ago. So I would like to know, like, what is he doing now? Just out of curiosity, because I love that he got hired. And the fact that he was able to get hired right after his uh, non-compete was up is awesome. Like, you know, he, the fact that he went through the process and he got a job, that's definitely worth celebrating. But it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, how it's going to change in the dynamics because he's been a stay-at-home dad now for a year and he's now going to go back to work. So how are they going to juggle, you know, the kids and married life and all that now that he'll be busy? I guess we'll have to see. I See, and Jason keeps on saying to me, he's like, I just want to have a kid. And I'm like, when you can afford a nanny, you can have a kid. Because yeah. otherwise, I don't know what to do with it. No, no. I, you know I, what I mean? Yes. Oh, I totally get it. My best friend and I talk about that all the time. We're like, kids? I don't know. I mean, to be fair, we're still in our early mid twenties. So the idea of having kids right now is just totally not within the ballpark, but we think about, yeah, maybe five, 10 years from now, is that something we would want to do? But honestly, like I, I, you'd have to talk to me then because I'm still in such a 24 year old mindset. Like the idea of having a kid is just like, so beyond my comprehension. So talk to me in five to 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm talking to you from five to 10 years away it's and I'm like, like no. talking you know, like being in the community, you know, because obviously it's not like we have to go through a lot of extra steps if we want to, unless, you know, of course you want to go the adoption route or the surrogate route. as a It's still a lot of steps. A lot of extra steps. Not like we can just go and like go in the other room and just have a kid right now. Like it's a whole process. So I think that's another reason I'm like, I don't know, like it's expensive. It's, it's really exhausting. And that's before you even get the kid. Then you get the kid talk about expensive and exhausting. I mean, it's a lot. See, I feel like my biggest qualm here is like, I'm going to pay for a kid. And then I'm going to have the kid. And then the kid is going to grow up at 15, 16 and tell me to go F myself. And they're going to want a car. And they're just going to be like so ungrateful. And they're just going to be like, you know, like, dad, why can't I? And then if they, if they leave my face and go to Jason's face and they're like, well, dad said I can't go, but please. I know. And then Jason says, yes, I'm going to be like, this kid is trying to catch me a charge. I'm going to put you on Craigslist. Like, it's so no. true. It's so true. I go back and forth on it because I agree with that 100%. But I also think about the idea of like having like a kid and seeing their like, you know, seeing them explore the world like through their eyes and teaching them things. And you know, I, that's a pretty beautiful thing as well. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll have to see if my bank can afford it. Honestly, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to be you. Period. But Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we also see Angie K and her husband and you can see where they are, you know, playing with their daughter and her husband has an interesting background. Um, what was your takeaway? Like before I see one thing that I hate is when I was in high school and I went to 13 different schools and I was always accused of being gay. Well, the accusations came out right. But, you know, like it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the rumors are true. Sorry, Lizzo. We we cannot promote you right now. But I always accused of being gay. And, you know, I, I think that at a certain point I was like, um, I hate this. And it, it bled into my family. It bled into my sisters. It bled into my brothers. It bled into my friends. I had one brother who told me, if you end up being gay, I'll never talk to you again. Like, it, it was just bad. And now that same brother is my best friend. Okay. So you, you never know what's going to happen. But I hate speculating on somebody. But I do know a lot of people, especially in LA, in that realm... And this isn't LA, this is Salt Lake City, but a lot of people who have wives and they have other lifestyles. 
and it's an agreed upon thing. I mean, does that happen in Vegas? Oh, I think it happens everywhere, to be honest with you. Yeah. I really do. I think it's it's within the couple's business, you know. I um I finish your thought because I have a lot to say about this too. So I want to make sure you say your piece. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, did you ever have any questions after being introduced to her husband, or it was just not something that you would even think about, period? So I personally can really relate to you and what you're saying about growing up and, you know, the gay, you know, insults and questions and bullying and all that. I personally went through a lot of that growing up because I went to a very religious school uh, my entire life. Actually, I went from uh, religious school, from elementary school, all the way up until I graduated high school. And so the gay insults that I received were like nonstop. I mean, it was insanity. But at the, at the same time, I don't really blame those kids because, you know, we all went to a religious school. School. They were all being taught that being gay was wrong and it's a sin and all of that. So then to see me, you know, you know, this obviously very feminine, um, you know, type of guy, it made sense why they would be so hard on me in a lot of ways because they didn't know any better. That's what they were being taught. So I can't, I can't hold it against them. Uh, but it didn't make my experience any better. Like it was really, really hard coming to terms with my sexuality. I actually didn't come out until after college. Like it really was a hard experience for me. That was me. me. Yeah, it was a really hard experience because I had just been taught it was so wrong to be this. And um, I had family issues with it as well. And I still do in a lot of ways. And so it was really, really hard for me. Um, so now that I'm in a place now where I really have accepted myself and I love myself and I have a boyfriend now and I'm just like really, really happy. It's it's very, very um, amazing to see the journey. But I will say when I watch these housewife shows, you know, we have seen this type of storyline and this type of trope. In my opinion, too many times, I think of Lisa Rinna with Harry Hamlin. I keep, I think of Kim Fields with her husband. Ralph experienced it with Drew. Um, you know, like there's so many, Eddie and Tamara. I mean, like there's so many husbands who have been accused of being gay on these shows. And I just feel like it's such a tired storyline. It's so ridiculous. Um, I think at the end of the day, like infidelity um, is, is, you know, quite a big thing to accuse anybody of on a show like this. But then to add the gay thing, it just, I mean, I don't want to say it feels homophobic, but it kind of does in a way, just because it kind of feels like, well, why is the gay thing matter? Like, let's focus on him cheating. Is he cheating? Okay. And then we could kind of like take it from there. But adding like, well, he's messing with guys. It's like, well, why does that part matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I kind of feel like this storyline gets a little tiring. And even Andy said it last night on Watch What Happens Live. He's like, I personally hate this problem that we see on Housewives a lot. So answering your original question about Angie and her husband, I feel like we haven't gotten to know her husband enough to really decide. Like, it's so stupid. Like, we don't know him well enough to decide his sexuality as if it's like up to us to even determine something like that. Like, it is up to them what they want to do in their relationship. Yeah, and I saw a few fan comments where they're like, well, he's a hairstylist. And I'm like, guys, I have a, an aunt who is a hairstylist and her husband, they met because her husband was a hairstylist. Yes. Like, that's... That's not no. specific to anything. That you know? is fueling a very negative stereotype. Just, you know, when, when, just because a man is a hairstylist, he has to be gay. That's so like, girl, that's like whack. That's like backwards thinking. Like anybody can be anything. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. Like there's construction workers that are gay. I mean, like, you know, there's all types of different people that work in all different types of field. So trying to say Angie's husband must be gay because he's a hairstylist is like, 
are we living in the 1900s? Like, that's like such a backwards thought. Um, and I also thought he handled the question that Andy asked him at Watch What Happens Live very well as well, like saying, what is it like for you to experience, you know, this type of questioning and whatnot? And he was like, the gay and straight thing is not a bothersome thing to me at all because we're huge allies to the community. That's not something we're going to get you know, annoyed about. It's more so the fact that they're accusing me of infidelity is the thing that I'm upset about. And I think he handled that very well. I think that was a good answer. You know, Elaine Hargate also put, that would be my question. You cheated. Who cares who it was with? You know, Jason and I have been in a relationship for 10 years and in the gay world, guys, that's like a hundred. Yes. So. It's not heard of. because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're so young too. Uh, yeah, thank you. But, you know, it's funny because we both faced accusations of um, just doing wrong things. And we talk about these things and we're like, I know for a fact and I know for a fact, Jason has never cheated on me. And uh, because my thing is, is if you're going to come to me with these accusations, come to me with receipts, yes. right? hit me with receipts. If you have something, if you have a photo, you have text messages, you have phone calls that I can follow up on, you have something, give it to me. And also vice versa. And Jason, it's never happened. I've never cheated on Jason. So I think that a lot of times, and this is on such a small scale of being in certain social circles um, in LA and like whatever, but that's exhausting. So I couldn't imagine being on a show like this and knowing that you're doing, you're going through this, this is now going to be a part of your storyline. You cannot control it. You don't control the edit. And not only do you have to live through it, but then you have to watch it play out. And then you have to have these conversations with your daughter, with your family. And they're all going to question, well, Angie, is your husband, John, like potentially dabbling? And then you're like, no, no, that's not a thing. So I, I really do feel bad in this moment for her. Yes, you summed it up so beautifully because for me, I completely agree with you. Like this is where things get a little too messy for me and for my liking on a reality show. Listen, I know we tune in for the drama. I know we tune in for the craziness, but attacking just marriages, I just feel like it's too far, especially when there's kids involved. And you see with Angie and her husband, they have a young daughter having to try and explain this nonsense to her. I can't even imagine how hard that must be. So that's for me. I, I love these women. I love that they decide to bear it all and go through this drama for our entertainment. But for me, I couldn't go through something like that. And also, if you're really going to be my friends and you have heard these rumors and you actually care, you should be calling me up when the cameras aren't down. Not, you know, coming to me with this information as a camera's in my face and you get my reaction, you know. Do you, before we move on to Heather, do you blame Monica at all for being the um, man in the middle? For Because like still, she knows how the game works. She's still delivering the message. And it's giving me very Giselle Bryant vibes. It's giving me Lisa Vanderpump vibes. Like I get to throw the rock and be like, my hands are right here. I didn't do it. I have an alibi. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I personally can't be mad at Monica at all because listen, she's being a housewife. You know, she's stirring the pot. She's causing some drama. And leading up to this point, her and Angie have butt heads a couple times. Um, and they weren't ever really friends. I know in the first episode, they tried to make it look like they were friends. They were never friends. They met like one time before the show. So, you know, Monica doesn't have, I think, any loyalty to Angie by any means. And Angie literally was shoving food in her face like a few minutes prior. So I think, you know, I can't really blame Monica for one, just trying to create a good TV moment. And bringing some drama to the show, that's what keeps the show interesting. Can I say, to have somebody put their fingers in your face. Honey. 
and also shove food in your face. Mm -mm. I've dealt with this, right? And I've had somebody right uh, in your face. Yeah. And it's like, I'm from the South. You don't do that. You know what I mean? Like for us, we're like, I, I mean, I, I'm not just saying for people from the South, like this could apply to anyone. Get your fucking fingers out of my face. Like don't sit there and try to, the only thing that you were trying to accomplish with sticking your hands in my face and trying to grab something off my plate and shove it in my mouth uh. is you want me to put hands on you. And I like 20 year old Adam could be totally different than 30 year old Adam. But then for Monica, I'm like, girl, I have to give it to you. This was a moment. Nobody, whether she's trying to emulate Jin Shah or not, nobody would have taken something off of a plate and shoved it in Jen's face. No one. Nobody also would have been, they were all afraid. And I'm not saying it's a good thing to be afraid, but it felt like a very gang up mentality. And I still don't know if I fully trust Monica right now at this point. I feel like she has a lot of st stories and I don't know how much um, validity there is to her stories, but I do know when I see somebody who's in a situation and it's like that and you have people who are like, ganging up in your face and they're putting hands in your face and they're trying to shove things in your mouth. I'm like, if she would have hit you, I wouldn't condone it, but I would have been like, like, I don't know what else you would have, what, what other reaction would you have wanted or thought that you were going to get with shoving food in her mouth? Period. I mean, in my opinion, it's like the most vulgar type of behavior to do that type of thing like put your hands in someone's face like i think it's just horrible because it's like you said all you're doing is escalating the situation and in my opinion you are clearly not good at arguing and you have not won the argument if you have resorted to putting things in my face and pointing in my face and whatever you clearly cannot have an argument like a proper argument or a conversation where we can just use our words to go back and forth if you have to resort to putting things in my face you have lost the argument in my opinion so then at that point for me personally i walk away like i'm all about trying to have a conversation and trying to get to the bottom of something even if it gets a little tense at times but if things are escalating too much and we're resorting to getting in each other's private space, I just, I, I'm the type that I just walk away. I am not about physicality whatsoever. I am not going to put my hands on you. That's just not the type of person I am. And I am just, I don't have the energy, quite frankly, to be in an argument with somebody and then start doing all of that. I have no desire to do that whatsoever. You gain nothing. Right. Then at the end of the day, the argument just turns into you got physical. Like you, then you lose the whole point of what the argument was even about. So yeah, anybody who puts your hands in your face, I give credit to anyone who can just walk away because that's the right thing to do. Um, and in my opinion, you can pat yourself on the back knowing that you actually won that argument because anybody who has to do this has clearly gotten so frustrated and can't keep up with the point that they've lost control at that point. Right. And if somebody's going to put their hands in your face, like I feel like personally... No, it's like you lost the conversation. Like you lose. You don't like there's no furthering this conversation. You already lost and now you look like an asshole. Yep. I'm embarrassed for you. Honestly. I'm embarrassed for you. Resort to that type of behavior like girl, go take some manner classes. Like like Giselle would no, Karen would say, take an etiquette class. Like get it together, girl. Like if you have to do all that to try and prove your point, you've lost all of us at that point. Yeah. You lost me too. Okay. So I wanted to talk to uh, talk about Heather um, because Heather, we had a moment where she is taking her daughter skiing. Um, 
I really, I love the way that she talks to her daughter. She's like, you want a pizza? We're going to burn 450 calories. And you want to, I think that her relationship with her daughter is like one of the most endearing things or relatable things that I find about Giselle Bryant is when she has conversations with her daughters. And I think for Heather, this is something that I really love to see. But when she was talking to her daughters about being bullied over the book, and then she was talking about the potential second book, I kind of thought she was like, you know, I'm thinking about doing a second book. And I teetered on the line of, if you know your kids are being bullied over it, do you do a second book? Or do you wait until your kids are grown up and then do you do a second book? Or do you seize the day carpe diem and you seize the day and you do it while you're a housewife and try to figure it out? But and and put more food on the table and then buy a bigger house. I don't know what the case looks like, but for Heather, I, I felt like I wanted to know, do you think that this is no matter what, is it self-serving and this is a conversation for TV and she was going to do a second book anyways? Or do you think that she's really genuinely like, tell me your feelings. And if you guys are going through something, then I will not do this book. Right. Well, when it comes to the book itself, I actually look at it both ways. I look at it like you said, like she's a housewife right now. She's probably going to get the most attention in her career right now while being on this show. So strike while the iron is hot and put this book out there. Um, And at this end, you know, you know, so you have that aspect, right? But then yes, you have the other aspect. It's like, well, if these girls are literally being bullied because of it, maybe you should take a step back. But here's the thing. I think either way is honestly a right way of doing it. Because one side is okay like if i decide not to do it it's because i'm protecting my kids and whatnot like i don't want to put it out there cool but the other side is here's the thing heather you are a housewife you are getting success by putting this book out there and here's the thing if these other brats at school are probably getting some nonsense from their own jealous parents because you know the kids that they're in school with are on a national tv show they're getting a lot of attention their mom is successful why would I stop putting a book out because these kids and these other parents are so insecure and they're non-success that they're projecting onto me and my kids. So now we can't be successful because they're bitter. Like, screw you guys. I think her daughters, props to her daughters, because anybody like you and I were just talking about earlier, anybody who goes through any kind of bullying or harassment or whispers or whatever it might be is really a horrible thing to go through. And the thing I hate most about it is it sticks with you. I think a lot of people don't realize and kids don't realize that words stick with you when you're kids you know you're forming you're figuring out your self-worth and your image and who you are at a young age and those words that might just be throwaway words you don't even realize you're saying something nasty really sticks with kids so seeing that heather's kids have such a you know positive mentality and they're like these kids can waste all their time they want talking about us but we're not going to let it get to us i think that's obviously the best mentality to have and i think heather should kind of have that too listen girl you're successful your kids are super bright if these other parents and Mormons and kids or whoever are going to be intimidated by your success, let them be intimidated. Keep doing your thing, girl. Yeah. You know, I never really felt like I did get bullied in school, but I really more so got bullied by my stepmom. Mm. And there were a lot of moments where like one time she called me the F word, which is, I can't say on here, F-A-G-G-O-T. And she poured hot chili on my chest. And I have a scar right here. What? where I have like from the hot chili and like there was like a bean that was so hot and it stuck to my chest. And there there were so many moments too that, you know, like whether it's bullying within the household or bullying out of the household, you like, it sticks with you. It kind of shapes who you are. You know, I have so many people who always ask me, um, even when I did Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald and any other interviews, people ask me like, Adam, how are you so normal after this? And I'm like, 
I think in a weird fucked up way, I was supposed to be a part of this journey where that was something that I was supposed to endure because whatever this is moving forward, I'm supposed to use it and help someone. And even if it's one person and I've helped people before, like I've had conversations with cousins and other people who might be going through something similar to what I go or went through. And when I first met my husband, and this was 10 years ago, I would sit there and a lot of times I would take my aggression out and be like, this is what I went through. And he's like, you're not a victim. You're not a martyr. You are 20 years old at this point and you have control over your life and you need to take control. And I was like, wow. And it finally stuck with me like, no, you're fucking right. Like you have to take control. And now when I see that if I ever encounter someone trying to bully, I'm like, piss off. I don't owe you anything. Actually, instead, I just don't have to engage with you. I don't need your fingers in my face. I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to be a part of this conversation. I get to walk away. And that's like the beauty of it. And if that makes you upset, that's your problem, not my problem. If you really wanted to have a conversation, you would have came up to me and you would have had a conversation like an adult. You're not capable. Mm-hmm. Preach, my friends. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being so vulnerable about that because I completely agree with everything you're saying. Like, do any of us as kids, and whether if you're gay or not, or go through any type of bullying, does anyone deserve to be bullied? Of course not. But when you can have the mentality that you have exactly the way you just worded it, where I went through what I went through as a kid, but now it's made me a stronger adult. I can handle things better. I can go through things better. That's exactly right. Like everything happens for a reason. You go through these trials and tribulations just to get thicker skin. And especially being in this industry of entertainment and digital and all of that, like you're getting comments and all these things like from every direction. So I think especially when you go through the hardest, you know, confrontations, the hardest moments as a kid, it really does give you that thicker skin to handle the things that are going to be thrown at you as an adult, because everybody's thrown something as an adult, like it's it's impossible to predict. So I think you worded it so, so beautifully. And at the end of the day, I always say this too, it doesn't matter if it's a parent, it doesn't matter if it's a, an adult, like, you should always respect people. I just think that's, you know, first, like, just be kind and respectful of one another. But at the end of the day, no one can tell you how to live your life. No one can tell you who you can be. At the end of the day, we are all just people on a planet in the universe. It is not that deep. No one should ever make you feel so uncomfortable in your skin that you can't be yourself. Who are they? Nobody can tell you how to live your life. You were put here for your own reason, for whatever your purpose may be, and nobody can take that away from you. So the last thing that they can do is tell you how to live your life. And I always say this too, people who are comfortable in their own skin and they're happy and they have a good mentality will never tell other people how to live their life. It's not even on their mind. They're just so focused on themselves. They're just so happy with their own skin that they're not going to worry about what somebody's doing over here. So if somebody is projecting onto you and telling you to stop this, don't do this, whatever, they are clearly so unhappy in their own life. They have not figured their own stuff out. So they're seeing you as an easy target. So don't let that phase you because they clearly have their own problems that they have not addressed and they're just using you as a, as a target. I mean, I completely agree. I completely agree. I want to bring up another person for you that seems like kind of a conflict for me because I don't know where I stand with this. Well, I know where I stand with her. I interviewed her parents and that was not good. Um, Mary Cosby. Oh, yeah. Okay. So for Mary, she has no problem saying little girl, bobblehead, and then having McDonald's on this Sprinter van 
Yeah. But then talking to Monica and being like, you're eating again. Yeah. And then also, you know, criticizing Heather's necklace when we can criticize your closet. Um, we could criticize the fact that you have a woman working for you for 20 plus years and you know her name, but you know nothing about her her life and she's your family member. There's a lot to go based off of. And I saw where she recently, you know, slammed Whitney and said, because Whitney had an event and Jenny Wynn showed up to this event and right. she said, I can tell that you're a racist. And I'm like, this is, a, this to me is like, you're going for the jugular. And you, if you don't know that to be completely true, then you should not throw that out there. Like if you know Whitney to be that and you've witnessed it, whatever, okay. But if you saw a photo and you don't know the context behind the photo, I don't think that that's okay to put out there. And for Mary, I know a lot of people say that she's comedic relief, but I find her to be on the show um, very lazy comedic relief. I, I feel like she comes in, she doesn't care about anything that's going on. She doesn't care about, uh, you know, what's, who's talking to who, what's talking to what, like nothing. And the only person who's really engaging with her is Meredith Marks. So for her watching her in this situation on the show, I don't understand completely why you're there unless it's for a paycheck when you don't want to eat the food. You don't want to take shots with anybody. You don't want to drink with anybody. You don't want to go to the same events with anybody. You don't want to participate in the girls' events. You don't want to show up to anything that has nothing to do with you. Nothing has anything to do with you because you're a friend of as of this point. You don't want to have conversations with anyone. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. I am right there with you, to be honest with you, because listen, I appreciate a good Mary meme here and there. Is she funny? Yes. Like, does do a lot of the things she say lands? Yes. Like, I will admit that I laugh at a lot of the stuff that she says, but I completely agree with you when it comes to a point of your job, your role as a housewife. I personally don't even understand how she gets away with doing like nothing that she wants to do. Like, yeah, I'm surprised that the producers don't say no, Mary, like we are paying you to engage with these women. So you need to go do this activity. Like, do you need to be drinking with them and all that stuff? I'm like, no, but you need to like get off the sprinter van and go to this place with them. We are filming at this location. We have taken the time to set this up for you all to go and do whatever you want. So you need to go. Like, so I'm really surprised that she gets away with doing nothing. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the producers see that as her, like they see that as a funny moment. Like, oh, okay, Mary doesn't want to do this, but what is she going to say? What does she want to do instead? Like, that's the only reason I can think that they let her get away with it because they think it'll give us another funny Mary moment. I find her to be mean. And yes. I think that it's not fair because if you're going to sit there and, you know, criticize Heather's chunky necklace and call Whitney bobblehead and yes. all of the things, I find it to be not fair that nobody, because you're so quick to throw out the R word, nobody, you know, for a fact, nobody is going to come back at you. But you can call her inbred. You can say that Jin Shaw looks like a Mexican gang member. You can say all of these things, but nobody will like combat you in this. And I'm not saying it's not fair across the board. I'm saying in this isolated particular moment that I just find it with Mary, it's like, so nobody can say anything to you, but you can literally rip apart all of these women except for Meredith because that's the one person who's engaging with you and the one person who's celebrating you being a part of the cast. And everybody else, even Monica, who's like, I'm convinced that I'm going to make her my friend. 
Like, why? Yeah. Why would you want a friend like that? Period. And you, you run a church. And we've heard the audios from the church. Is like, the church even still here? I, when I was there, the church was not there. Okay. Um, it was closed down. It was bordered, but I feel like somebody, it's kind of like my problem with certain presidents or whoever. I think that if you're going to be in, or Bethany Frankel, I think that if you're going to be in a, a position of leadership and leading a movement or leading something, whatever, it, whether it's the country, whether it's a church, whether it's a movement, I think that you need to be isolated in that because that's the mission here. And you need to treat people with respect and kindness, and you kind of have to follow that. But if you're preaching to everybody what God says, and mind you, my parents tried putting me, not my parents, my dad, tried putting me in a Baptist church, and they did the tongues thing. They spoke in tongues, and it was like they were falling on the floor and shaking, and I didn't understand anything about it. Not, Not shit. I didn't understand anything. But I, like watching it and listening to her i'm like one from based off of the audio like pan back to two seasons ago when you walk into whitney's house and you say that one of the women who was a part of your church drove her car off the side of a hill and this is why you should wear a seatbelt. no she was ejected from the car but anyways <laughs> how are you guys doing and dom perry 2003 50 it was 15 or fifty thousand people died that year making it the best grapes ever right. It's like, are you completely fucking tone deaf? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that something is not right with Mary. I mean, honestly, I mean, cause she says these things that none of us really understand. We're like, wait, what did she just say? And sure. There is like that element of shock that makes it funny. Right. And I think that's why she has a lot of fans because the things she say, she does say are kind of off the cuff and you're like, wait, what did she just say? Like what? But I, I agree with you. It gets to a point where, I personally don't understand why she's just so miserable. It'd be one thing. First off, you agreed to come back to the show. Okay, let's start with that. You agreed to come back to the show, yet you come back to the show. Whitney said it beautifully. Why are you coming on a girl's trip with a bunch of people you don't even like? Like, yeah. is this for the check? Is this just for the show? Like, why are you even coming back in the first place if you are so miserable like i just don't understand that and then for her to like attack like you said say these horrible comments about monica eating heather's outfit whitney looks cheap like it's constantly like insulting these people and i just personally don't understand how anyone could even live their life like that like it's wild to me like that these thoughts even go through her head and then it's even more wild that she actually says them and she says these horrible mean things about these people um, I just don't understand how anybody lives like that it kind of goes back to what we were saying about earlier i feel like people who only talk like that are really just very miserable in their own lives. Like misery loves company. So why, you know, that's the only reason why I can um, imagine why she shares this horrible energy with everybody else because she wants to bring everybody else down. Other than that, why, what is the problem, girl? Like just hang out with these girls and have some fun. You're literally- and Monica's not up your ass about having McDonald's. Nobody is up your ass anymore about hooking up with your grandmother's ex, well, widowed husband. Um, there's so much to pick apart about you. And she is like, to me, the epitome of somebody who is like throwing stones when your house is made of a freaking igloo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just don't get it. But, but, okay, we'll move on. So I wanted to also ask you, what were your thoughts about the situation in getting back to it? I know that we talked about this a little bit before. And thank you, TT Doll, um, for the super chat. We appreciate you. What were your thoughts when Monica was just trying to get her crepe and... Lisa came over and she's like, 
I didn't appreciate you calling me a piece of shit. And she's like, go over there. Go over there. Just go. Are you team Monica in this or team Lisa? Oof. Okay, well, the way they both handled that situation at whatever this was, this crepe session, I think they both acted kind of kind of crazy, you know, with the pointing and the yelling and the screaming. And then the fact that they just kissed and made up like right after. I thought it was kind of funny. But yeah, I think they both kind of weren't really making sense. I think they both were kind of just caught in the moment of just yelling at each other. So they were just saying whatever they could at that point. When it comes to the actual basis of the argument where Monica is accusing Lisa of being very materialistic and that the things that she talks about are not reality and that she's very much a representation of the top 1% and out of touch. I mean, here's the thing. I honestly see both sides of this argument in a way where I see Lisa's, you know, Lisa has a lot of stands and I understand why the stands are like, listen, this girl is rich. That's why she was cast on the show. She has problems. She has rich girl problems which we can't relate with. And that's one of the reasons we watch the show. I completely understand that and respect that. But I also get where Monica's coming from. I think, imagine if you were there and you're on on a trip with some girl and she's way richer than you and she's bragging about this and complaining about this. I know for me personally, I would roll my eye a lot at that too. Like $60,000 ring problems are not real world problems at all. So for someone to be complaining about it nonstop, is not a cute look in my opinion at all. So I kind of I kind of love that Monica is honestly, I think very relatable to the people who actually really watch the show. Um, I think anybody, the fact that Lisa even makes comments like it is normal for the middle class to have a $60,000 ring just goes to show how out of touch she is. And then at the end of that argument, she's saying she's not materialistic. She very much is materialistic, but here's the thing. I would rather you own it. I would rather you own like, yeah, I'm being annoying. I'm sorry. Like I shouldn't be, complaining about a $60,000 ring, but that is a problem in my life. And yes, I am materialistic. I really do nice, like nice things. I like when housewives just own their reality as opposed to changing the narrative or trying to make it look like they're not what they obviously are. So I really, when it comes to the actual argument, I'm really more on Monica's side, but I get why people enjoy Lisa's complaints because they aren't within our own reality. And that's why we watch the show. But in general, I side more with Monica. Okay, fair. Yeah, And then also for Angie, do you think she has a hard on for everybody or do, is she like trying to solidify her spot or can you see where she's coming from since day one? Because my thing here is like you question Heather and Jen potentially having a lesbian relationship, right? And that's how she got the black eye. And then now you're upset about them or anyone questioning your husband. Right, right. To be honest with you, I honestly think like, this is where like my maybe like conspiracy theory, like, you know, part of me kind of comes out a little bit. If I'm Angie, right, let's just put this into perspective. If I'm Angie and I was offered a friend contract, right, and I'm given the potential of becoming a full-time housewife if I perform well, okay, if I am sitting at a lunch or whatever and two, I don't know if they knew if Monica was going to be full-time at this point, but we know Whitney is, right? If two full-time housewives come up to me and they say, hey, there is a rumor about you, a rumor about your husband. I, in my opinion, am thinking, I'm struck gold. I know that this is great for me because this is a this is going to be a huge storyline this season. So how am I not going to be a friend of? I must be full-time at this point because now we are creating a whole storyline about me and my relationship. For right. me personally, I would never, I don't like that. I don't want fame enough like that to compromise my happiness with my relationship just to get a full-time spot on a television show that's yeah. not me however i love that these women want to do that i love that they want to entertain us 
But if I'm Angie, even though, of course, that's frustrating and upsetting to hear that your marriage is being, you know, talked about and attacked. In a lot of ways, it's actually a huge blessing because that's going to secure your spot on the show and not just a spot like you'll be a focal point. Now, here she is at Watch What Happens Live when the episode airs with her husband and they get to talk about it and whatever. Like, even though it's a frustrating scenario, it's gold if you're trying to secure your spot on the show. No, I agree. I agree. And the rumor that I heard was that now going into next season that they're trying to cast around Monica and trying to bring in some of her friends. So they're trying to make her the new Jen Shaw, but the casting producers are still very much so in contact with Jen Shaw. And if she gets out of prison early, they want her back. So I would be interested to see how is this going to play out. That's wild to me. I can't believe that they would want to do that. I don't know. This woman like really did some horrible things. Okay. I know Teresa Judice signed some papers and you know, that was that, you know, I can, I can see why the show waited for her and brought her back. Jen Shaw literally like ruined people's lives. I mean, I don't think people really understand the magnitude of what she did. Like, I think it's all ha ha because of what we've seen of her on the show. If you were to actually, I think, talk to some people who were scammed out of all their savings and their money. Imagine if that happened to you. You would not be so thrilled if Bravo TV, after they sent her to prison, would be trying to offer her a contract to come back to the show. I think that's really, I hope that's not true, to be honest with you, because I think that's low. I know it's true. You know it's true? I know it's true. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. And honestly, I was talking about this with Danny Pellegrino, actually, the other day. And we were talking about this cast. And we were like, we actually really love this cast. Like, it really feels like without Jen Shaw being there, we get more we get to know the women individually more because Jen Shaw was such a strong force in the first few seasons. It's yeah. nice now to kind of get to know all these women a little bit more individually. And I think Monica and Angie have been great so far. I honestly, at this point, wouldn't even make any cast changes. And this is a hot take. I don't know. I kind of get sick of the fact that the Bravo stands are always trying to change the cast every season. Like they constantly yeah. are like, I would fire her. I would demote her. I would... I'm like, can you just watch the show? Like, I understand yeah. there's some, like, it's kind of obvious they should be fired or they should be demoted. But kind of throwing out this one because you don't like her, or this one's kind of like, they were cast for a reason. These casting producers are creating a TV show here, okay? You got to give them a minute or two to really get acclimated and to give us good TV. And in my opinion, we're only a few episodes in, and I feel like mm -hmm. Salt Lake City has been delivering since the first episode. So why are we even talking about cast changes? Why are we even talking about Jen? I know Jen Shaw is hopefully going to be locked away for a while. But... I would look at it like I honestly hope the casting producers are not trying to cast too soon into the season because I like this cast so far. I think it's great. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, well, <laughs> Ricky, with that, what are you looking forward to? I mean, obviously, next week, we know that we're going to get Angie confronting <sighs> Meredith. Where, where's your head? You know what? I love Salt Lake City this season. I've honestly been a fan of the show since season one. Last season was kind of hard to get through. I don't even think I finished it, to be honest with you. But this season has been really, really great. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I feel like we really don't know what's in store. But I love. this is how you know a good housewife season is good. A lot of great moments we've seen so far this season weren't even in the trailer. I feel like, right. you know, there's some seasons they drop the trailer, all the good moments are in the trailer, and then the rest of the season is just so boring. You know it's a good season when the trailer has great moments, but when you're watching the season in real time, there's so many moments we weren't expecting. There's so many things that we were not anticipating. And I feel like so far, Salt Lake City has been delivering on that front. 
So overall, I'm just very excited to see where the season takes us. They are doing a good job. Oh, and did Danny tell you if he's going to BravoCon? He sure is. And he's actually going to have a book signing. Um, He's about to release a new holiday book and he's going to do a book signing the day before BravoCon starts. Um, okay. So that's why I did an interview with him to promote the book. But of course, we talked all things Housewives as well. I haven't posted that interview yet, but I definitely will soon because we had a great time. Hey, well. <laughs> Us <Ricky>. BravoCon's. <laughs> If they <laughs> if they don't know, will you let them know? Yeah, I can find you. Yes, at Ricky Cornish. You can follow me on everything. If any of my if any of your followers, anybody watching, actually use Vegas Space, I'll be hosting Las Vegas Pride this Saturday, which I'm really really excited about. So anybody who's in the Vegas area, come through. Um, but yeah, pretty much just keeping on, keeping on, and counting down to BravoCon, which is just a month away, which is crazy to think about. It's crazy, honestly. Guys, you can follow Ricky on TikTok, Instagram, on YouTube, anywhere. Um, let me go back to his YouTube really quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, Ricky has a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend now. That's a new That's a new adjustment, I think, since the last time I saw you. Yes. His name is Jeremy. So I, another J name to add to the bunch. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been chatting for a little while now. And we decided to make things official a couple weeks ago at a music festival, which was honestly so cute. It was like a fairy tale moment. So I'm a taken woman now. Sorry, girls. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Ricky, we appreciate you. We love you uh, joining us every time. And it's so fun to talk to you about something other than the Real Housewives of Orange County and talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake. <laughs> if you guys, um, I, I just want to let you guys know, I am going to be flying out at 4.30 in the morning. So I'm trying to figure out what OC looks like for tomorrow. Um, I will do my best just like I did on Monday to or Tuesday to put out all of the content ahead of time. We'll see how that looks. But in the meantime, go ahead, smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, get subscribed. And definitely go ahead and check out Up and Adam Channel 2 for all of the extra coverage. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you to all the mods and everyone in the live chat. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.